You are now listening to the Cruise Control Podcast here on SoundCloud and iTunes. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. So tonight we have my guy, Mr. Brian Shields, New York Times bestselling author, 30 years of WrestleMania, WWE Encyclopedia, WWE 2K Games, 2K18. He's all over the place. He's on Twitter and Instagram at It's Brian Shields. And now his latest project, Second Nature, The Legacy of Ric Flair and the Rise of Charlotte. Brian, what's up, my man? How you doing? Hello, my friend. It is great to be speaking to you and your audience once again. It's just great to be here. Thank you for having me on. No problem, man. Anytime. I know you're a very busy guy. You've been a very busy guy since the moment that me and you connected on Twitter just about two or three years ago. You did 30 years of WrestleMania. I believe me, correct me if I'm wrong, you did the WWE Encyclopedia book. And now, I mean, also uh, 2K, um, and now the Second Nature book with um, Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair. When does Brian Shields have time for Brian Shields? That's a great question, uh, <laughs> um, but it takes one to know one, man. And you're you're just as busy with uh, with the, with the great hoops in the sun tournament that you have going on every year. It's a annual event here in New York City. Um, you know, dude, it's it's been crazy. You know, I've I've been working with WWE in some form or fashion for the last 19 years um, as a writer the past 11 years. So, you know, my first book came out in 2006 through Simon & Schuster, which was WWE in the Raging 80s, uh, main event WWE in the Raging 80s. I co-wrote the first two WWE encyclopedias. My favorite was the original, and that one's the best. It was a New York Times bestselling book, which, you know, Nine years later, eight years later, whatever it is, still doesn't feel real to me. And um, 30 years of WrestleMania was a lot of fun. Came out in 2014. But everything that I've been doing the last two years has revolved around a concept that I put together in cooperation with WWE, St. Martin's Press, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, and the one and only Charlotte Flair, and that is their dual memoir titled Second Nature, and it is in stores and available online right now. I remember, um, well, it's been a while since you've been on the show. I think the last time I had you on, we did the Survivor Series preview. So this is, you know, we go back to November of 2016. And at the time, um, just before we finished the show, I did ask you, you know, were there any other new things or projects that you were working on, whether you can tell, you know, tell me or not. And at at that time, you did mention this book, uh, Second Nature, with with, uh, Ric Flair and Charlotte. So that's November. Now we're in September 2017. Um, How long did the whole process take? Because back in November... Did you start it in November? Were you already working on it before November of last year? And in, in, in totality, how long did it take you to complete this process? 
in totality from start to finish is around two years. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, the writing, and I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm very proud of all of the work that I've done with WWE and its wonderful partners over the years, because all of it is a dream come true. Uh, as, as you know, we talk a lot off air as well. You know, I grew up on Long Island, a huge WWE fan, a huge professional wrestling fan. And to be able to do this kind of work throughout my career now it's just, it's been a dream come true since day one, and all of it seems like a dress rehearsal to the honor of working with Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair as as a co-author on this book, Second Nature, which is a dual memoir. I mean, it's both of their stories, so it's, it was just an incredible project from start to finish. Now, in in preparation for me uh, for me to have you on, um, I did hear you go on a couple shows, a couple podcasts, and I'm gonna try my best to not ask you the same question that you've been a- uh, answering for the uh, past couple weeks. Um, Cause I did tell you I I do not have the book, but I will get the book shortly. So uh, just bear with me in case you happen to hear the same question five or six times. Um, how did the situation come about you know um are you at home watching wrestling and then you get a phone call or text and say hey you know we're looking to do a a a dual memoir with rick and charlotte who contacted who was it your idea or did they contact you because you've been writing for them for so long so i was contacted um and basically this is what i was told originally I was told that there is a book idea with Rick and Charlotte, and I was asked to put a concept together based on this idea that it would be a dual dual memoir that you know, it would be involving, you know, the, the both of them, their lives, their careers, their relationship as father-daughter, and um, and just, you know, see if I could put something together based on that. And, uh, and that's what I did. I started thinking of, of different things. You know, I mean, at one point, you know, I went through a few different concept ideas because... You know, Ric Flair is one of the only people, he might be the only uh, person who has been in the spotlight at a very high level his, uh, you know, his entire career, almost his entire career, which now spans, you know, more than 40 years. There was a book that, that he did previously in 2003, um, so there were some creative challenges there because we were celebrating his legacy, but you don't want to be redundant. And then, you know, with, with Charlotte Flair, her story has never been told until now. So what I decided was to pick up, we use WrestleMania 32 as the bookends, so to speak. So, you know, Rick, uh, 
you know, really Rick gets to the airport in Dallas and, you know, he's looking back on his career, his legacy, and is, you know, reminded of when when he was on Monday Night Raw in November of 2007 and the storyline was launched right then and there from Mr. McMahon, you know, the next match you lose, you retire. And so fans are going to be able to go through that with Rick, um, that incredible run up to his retirement match, the, um, the, the different ups and downs during that point, having the difficulty of accepting his retirement. He shares never before details about what was going on during that time, his, his two marriages, the relationships with his kids. And then there's a point where we meet Charlotte and that begins, you know, her whole life story. Now, during the process of, of writing this book, um, like you said, it's a dual memoir with Rick and Charlotte, but your previous books were the Encyclopedia and the 30 Years of WrestleMania, where you just take basically the, the, the you know, historical information of those previous events and kind of like, you know, simplify what happened at, at each WrestleMania, what happened on, on, on this date. But now when you do a, a, a biography uh, of some sort, does the creative process kind of change or is it more challenging or kind of kind of the same? It's, it's very different because you're, you're talking about a story, a fluid story from beginning, middle, and end. And on one side, you have the greatest wrestler of all time whose life has been in the public eye almost since day one of his career. And then on the other side, you have his daughter whose life story has never been told before Second Nature. And they're two different people. I mean, they're very close. Uh, they have a great relationship. Uh, they have similar personality traits in some ways, but they're two different people. They are two distinct voices. So, you know, you needed to make sure that the individual voices were maintained throughout the book because there are different, the book has parts. So, you know, the first part is Rick, the second part is Charlotte, and then there's a third part where they, they both join together. So there was a lot of uh, creative challenges there that I found as a writer very exciting in terms of just making sure that their voices stayed distinct, that there was, but that there was still continuity between them because you're hearing from them as well as their contemporaries and colleagues and friends throughout the story. So it was, but again, as a writer, that's a gift. I mean, the collaboration process with, with Rick and Charlotte from day one was unbelievable. And, you know, when they said, we, we want to collaborate, we want to know what you think. And it was just incredible. It was an incredible present to be given um, because they easily could have just said, we'll just do this, 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 and this. And the creative process just from the beginning was, was unreal. 
now that you know you you know you know me me and you being both big time wrestling fans for so long um at any time were you overwhelmed where like yeah you know you, you're sitting in a room with charlotte and rick flair like it's you know two regular normal people but at the end of the day you're still in the room with a, a, a multiple time 16 time world champion arguably the greatest of all time and his daughter could be next in line anytime did you feel overwhelmed that this that i'm doing a book on just not two normal people i'm doing it with charlotte flair and rick flair well i mean that that those thoughts and similar thoughts were just racing through my mind <laughs> i bet um you know and, and i you just i couldn't get it out of my head but then when you meet with them they're just such kind people right and they make you feel so comfortable that you just like i couldn't believe it like i was sitting you know i'm sitting there in the early goings you know brainstorming this concept with them and i'm like i can't believe that i'm brainstorming ideas here with you know the greatest of all time and uh, one of the top names in the game today, anywhere in the world, male or female. So, you know, it, it really was one of those things where it was, where those mind, those things race through your mind. But, you know, once you're there, because of how uh, kind and welcoming they are, it all, that all falls to the wayside. To be funny here, did, did at any point did you want to ask, you know, again being a fan, did you want to ask Ric Flair or Charlotte to put you in the figure four? <laughs> no, um, you know, and for uh, it's just, you know that that's definitely something that, that did not come to mind, uh, and I'm glad that it didn't because you know when, when that's uh, properly applied as. Uh, as, as so many great announcers would say, to do serious damage. And you have to remember with Charlotte, she could do the figure four or the figure eight. Yeah, you're right. You're right about so, that. So, um, you know, you know, it's like uh, the old um, uh, the old lyric in hip-hop songs, I can break it down like whatever you want, right? Uh, any uh, Black Moon fans out there. Um, you know, so yeah, I did not, um, I, I never thought of that and I'm glad I didn't. It would not have worked out well for me. <laughs> um, on one show that I heard you go on, um, you mentioned that, you know, I guess this is part of your writing style that, that any book that you start to do, you, you, you write everything down on paper, very old school back in the day, uh, kind of method where people probably nowadays use a laptop computer or their phone um why why the old school way where you got to write everything down on paper on paper before it goes to anywhere else you know it's, it's just how i do it um i've tried the quote-unquote other way and with me i need to write everything down on paper first put it all together, formulate it, and then after that I read it out loud and then 
I open up Microsoft Word and I start I start typing on my laptop. I do I will tell you this, I do use my phone. I have a Samsung Note and I use the um the text sometimes like if I have an idea and I did this throughout Second Nature's uh writing where like, you know, you get an idea, I'll just open up an empty text message and just start free writing or riffing and then save it as a draft. Um, you know, I would take the stylus out from the bottom of the phone and just start writing. Um, you know, so for me, yeah, it all goes back to a pen and paper, pen and pad, and I just start writing stuff. It's, um, it's just how I'm most comfortable. It's definitely the most painstaking way. So I'm really glad that that's the way that works for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, the laptop, you know, going, going in on Microsoft word like that is, is really the final piece for me. Now for the book, was this the first time you met Ric Flair and Charlotte or did you meet them prior before all of this started? No, you know it, it. It it was the um it was the first time. Um, oh wow! Okay. You know uh, all the years of working with WWE and and meeting the superstars and Hall of Famers, uh, the then divas, all the different projects. You know, I, I just never I, I never met them, and and that's you know one of the things that you really think about. Because when I was sitting with them again, not to go back to it, but you know, the when I was sitting there, those early, those early conversations, those early meetings, you know, man, it's like you feel like you've known them, or you feel like you've worked with them before, or met with them before, because they're just uh, so welcoming and and easygoing. So, um, you know, it was something where I, I did feel like, wow, I, even though I hadn't met them before, I definitely felt like I did. Now, you know, yeah, now, now with them being so busy, uh, which is very, you know, understandable, um, how was the, the situation where what days and times you had to sit with, with Ric Flair, what days and times and what location to sit with Charlotte Flair, was, was it... Majority in person was it over the phone through text email? How was um, all of you guys scheduling? Uh, you know, put down to paper for for this book. You know, I got, I got to tell you the the means in which we worked together. It was all of the above. Um, countless phone calls, countless texts. Now, texting would be like to set up a call or to confirm an in-person meeting, um, or if there was like a quick question or a quick confirmation, um, then, you know, we, we would be texting. And you know, so it was, you know, countless phone calls, countless texts, emails, and then, you know, did several in-person meetings as well. And it was really managing both of their schedules. I mean, for a good portion of the project, you know, Rick was on the road with uh, with Charlotte as, you know, as the person in, in her corner. Right. So, um, and then when there was that point where Rick 
was no longer on WWE TV every week, he was still on the road every week because his speaking engagements, the demand for him, whether it's talking to Fortune 500 companies, um, professional sports teams, autograph signings, special Comic-Con appearances. I mean, he was on the road with the frequency, like he was still on WWE TV every week. So, you know, they they always made time for me. They were oh, they were a lot of times scheduling me, which was a huge help. I mean, you know, their their ability to multitask and get things done at such a high level, uh, frankly, just I was amazed. I I, I really really was amazed. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just that that was how it went. So did Brian Shields ever get a text from Charlotte or, Flair, or Ric Flair saying "woo"? Ever? <laughs> <laughs> Had to ask. When uh, <laughs> when when uh, when the when we found out that the um, you know what I don't think no ah. no I did not I did not I'm trying to think of all the correspondences. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, there, there wasn't. There, there wasn't. I got to tell you, we were, you know, and the other thing, too, is, you know, you're talking about, you know, going all hours of, of the day and the night. I mean, the, 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 the flares just have an incredible work ethic. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was one of those things where uh, you just kept going. And for me, it was, it was motivating. We're chatting with Brian Shields, New York Times best-selling author, new uh, latest book, Second Nature, The Legacy of Ric Flair and the Rise of Charlotte Flair. Um, most fans m- may never have the the opportunity or the privilege to meet their favorite superstars, um, you know, at an event or at a convention or just you know walking down the street. Uh, but you've you've had the privilege of not only working with Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair, but countless other superstars. And some fans, and you know, e- even casual fans, just see the people on TV and kind of feel like, you know what, that might be the same the same person when they're not on TV. Now, when you work with uh, with, with Rick and Charlotte, can you explain the difference of Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair TV character? And when they're not, you know, when they're not on TV, in front of twenty thousand people, right? Well, you know, I, I mean, what what you see on on TV is is their their TV per persona. Now, it's it's been talked a lot about over the years, and we talk about it in the book. And, and I don't want to give too much away to the audience, right? because we, Rick talks about it in Second Nature, but, you know, it's been talked a lot over the years that there's not much difference between the nature boy who you see on television and, you know, the, the man who you see away from the cameras. And, um, you know, I, I mean, for us, it was just getting into a great workflow. I mean, you know, and, and, and just 
staying on on that path. I mean, you know, it was it was all business, and they were they were so excited to be able to tell their story and to tell it honestly. I mean, that was one of the things that they talked about with me very early on was we want this to be real. We want it we want to be on we want it to be honest. We want it to be the true story. And that's why there are many ups, there are many downs. We we talk about you know, Rick was very candid in speaking of his last two marriages, which ended in divorce, uh, some financial difficulty that he entered into. Um, as I said before, the struggles that, that he had and the conflict that he had with his retirement, um, you know, and the, um, the, the passing of, of his son, Reed, and, and Charlotte as well was the same very open and candid about her upbringing in Charlotte, North Carolina, growing up as a, as a multi-sports star, um, an NCAA Division One volleyball player who was highly recruited out of high school. Um, you know, and, and she shares some very personal things about uh, surviving the horrors of domestic violence, uh, her unlikely path to... WWE's training, the training territory and their developmental system, um, growing up with Reed and how close they were. So, I mean, that was the biggest thing was it was just from the get go. Okay. This is going to be our real story. Now, you know, with all of that, were there some, any interesting things that you might not have known about Rick or Charlotte as they're telling you, everything um, from themselves. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't know the extent of the internal conflict that, that Rick had over his retirement. And if it was the right thing to do, I, the, the things that he shared about his two last divorces, some very, very personal details I, I had no idea. I mean, these things are being shared uh, for the very first time in, in this way. Um, you know, the, 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 the struggle that he had with signing with TNA Wrestling. Um, you know, and, and he talks about, you know, the reasons why uh, Charlotte did this on her own. How if you watch those early episodes of NXT... He was not there with her, and he talks about why that was. Um, from Charlotte's point of view, I didn't know a lot about her life from the beginning. I knew that Ric Flair had a second daughter, and I knew that she was a, a sports star, but that's really all I knew. And, um, you know, the details that, that she shared were, were just unbelievable. So, you know, and, it, and it's a, a book I, I've, I am so proud to be part of Second Nature. And it's just something that I hope all WWE fans, wrestling fans, and, and memoir fans, you do not have to be a fan of WWE or a fan of wrestling to enjoy.
enjoy Second Nature. It is an incredible story of a father and his daughter. And so many people can relate to that. I recall when I had you on the show to talk about 30 years of WrestleMania, and I asked you the question, like, did you have, you know, any setback, any drawback for autonomy? And you mentioned, uh, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, everybody was cordial. I think you spoke to Linda, Linda McMahon, Vince, um, other people, um, higher-ups. For this book, once you got the inclination that you were going to be the guy, did you have any, 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 you know, any drawbacks, any setbacks from anybody higher up? Or once they gave you the pen, they said, Brian, this is your show and we're, 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 we're ready to go. So that was really it. I mean, I, 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 you know, and sometimes I say it, it still doesn't feel real, man. 19 years is a long time. Mm-hmm. But any project I've ever worked on with WWE, especially the books, it has been do what is right, what is true, what is historically accurate, what is true, and do what the story requires. And and again, you know, the, the gift that that is as a writer, knowing that you do not have a lot of confines or really any is is just incredible. I mean, you know, there's an approval process. I mean, you know, you you come up with a concept, you talk about it, you present it, people give it the green light, you start submitting things. So it's it's always a wonderful collaborative process, but I've never been told about anything, don't do that or don't do this or don't include that or you know, really stay away from this, not at all. And that's why, you know, we're in our first week here of Second Nature being available online and in stores. And, you know, I'm so happy that that the fans are loving it as much as they are because they they feel the book. They, They feel like they're reading things from Rick and Charlotte personally, and that's because they are. So it's just wonderful for me uh, to to be able to play a part in it. Now, is it all um, only Rick and Charlotte in the book? Um, did you get a chance to interview anybody else for the book? Oh, I mean, I mean, there are quotes from Shawn Michaels, Triple H, mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nice. Um, you know, on uh, on Charlotte's side, um, some of her coaches uh, from when she was an athlete, um, her best friend, uh, for, you know, one of her best friends from childhood, Becky Lynch, Natalia, um, Sarah Amato, who when she was a, a competitor went went by Sarah Del Rey, um, Paul Heyman. I mean, Norman Smiley, the list goes on and on. Stephanie McMahon is quoted in the book. I mean, mean, there is just an incredible array of luminaries and contemporaries that are quoted in Second Nature. And it's something that we felt as a writing team was very important 
something that, that we were really very happy about. And I just, I, I can't say it enough. You know, you, you have to check out the book. Um, it is a dual memoir, which is rare to begin with, but there truly is nothing like second nature. Now, was there anybody that you wanted to get to interview but just couldn't because of, of scheduling? Uh, not on not on this one. Not not that comes to mind. No. So you got it. So you got everybody you wanted. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think back, dude. It's been a long two years. I know. Um, you know, so I, I don't want to. So I'm trying not to speak definitively. Um, but I, I mean, there's just that there's so much in there. <laughs> You know, there there really is that there's just so much in the book, um, and it was just an incredible experience putting it together. Now, real quick, I know the book came out this week on Tuesday, September 19th, so we're taping this on the 21st, uh, so the podcast should be released sometime this week or next week, but uh, I know it's been two days, so how has been the, the feedback, uh, any phone calls, emails, text, tweets? Uh, just in general, on the feedback so far from the book being released, from what I've from what I've been told, from what I've gathered, and I'm so grateful for this. The feedback for the book has been excellent. Uh, there's a, a wonderful review from NPR. There was a, a wonderful review from Orlando, the Orlando Sentinel that uh, that came in earlier this week as well. Um, a long-time wrestling journalist, Alan Wojcik, did a review as well. Um, I know there's going to be more stuff coming uh, from Yahoo Sports, CBS Sports, PW Insider. Um, Charlotte Flair has been in New York the past two days doing media for it. I know she had a very successful book signing at book, uh, the famous bookends store in Ridgewood, New Jersey. So thankfully, everything right now is, is very positive. People love the book. And I just, you know, I, I just couldn't be happier. I mean, it was, it's just been the, uh, the greatest experience of my career. So now you finally get a chance to sit back, relax, or let me guess, you're you're already working on something else, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, look as as you know too, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you, you got to keep it moving. And uh, next month there's a, another project coming out that I've worked on now for the last five years. I write the announcer dialogue for the WWE 2K18, uh, the 2K video game series. WWE 2K18 uh, is coming out in October, and uh, everybody should definitely check out at WWE Games for all the latest information on that. But, you know, what I'm going to be doing really now uh, is just helping do my, you know, my modest part to support the launch of Second Nature, the book. And I just just hope that, that everybody in the WWE universe picks it up and enjoys it as much as Rick, Charlotte, and myself enjoyed working on it. Well, like I said, Brian, um, 
I don't have the book. I will have the book uh, real soon. So once I get a, a chance to go through it, we might have you on again to really go thoroughly into the book. I know, I know you can't really say much because it just came out and you want the fans to, to go out there and read it. Um, it's out there in stores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. Um, second, yeah. second Nature, The Legacy of Ric Flair and The Rise of Charlotte. Um, before I do let you go, since we are, you know, we tend to get very, not very, but sometimes nostalgic when it comes to wrestling. I sent you a link that um, that the WWE is having an event in November um, in Greensboro, and it's called Starcade. Now, yes. when you first yes. saw that, yeah, when you first saw that, my first thing was, okay, is it a live event or a, a, a you know an event on the network? But it, it'll be a live event for SmackDown. Um, when you first heard about it, Starcade. Um, are you are you a fan that that leans on the side that the old school names from WCW should not be used, or are you more happy that they are kind kind of like you know including those names from the past? Well, I, I, I think that there are a lot of WCW stars who people love a great deal. And I think sometimes that's forgotten a little bit uh, just because of, of how WCW ended, not only being bought out by WWE, but I think because the last you know year and a half maybe of the company's existence, there, there weren't a lot of positives going on television during that time. So maybe the last year. Um, so in, in the area of, of being retrospective, even though WCW was a much larger organization and it has a wonderful history going back to the Crockett's and the NWA. Um, there are stars from that time period who are beloved. But it's funny, ECW had a smaller audience, was a smaller company, did not have anywhere near the resources. Yet, you know, if you go online today, people talk about ECW with a fervor and a frequency, like it's still coming out with new programming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I loved both organizations. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, when you talk about, and here's the other thing. When you talk about Starcade, you're really talking about the crown jewel of Jim Crockett Promotions and the National Wrestling Alliance, a super event that was the brainchild of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And, I mean, it was for many, many years, Starcade was a great event. And for the WWE to be bringing it back to Greensboro, North Carolina, in November, because the Starcade was the uh, the first real Thanksgiving tradition in terms of a 
a mega event and a uh, closed circuit. It was on closed circuit first, closed circuit television. Um, you know, I mean, it's um, it's just amazing. I mean, and the card looks awesome. I mean, I cannot wait. Now, I mean, I'm hoping that it'll be shown on the network. I mean, you can't just have, or they they, they can't just have an event called Starcade and not be shown on the network. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping they are. I have to tell you, man, I am too. And I will have to say this, especially since Charlotte Flair is going to be in a high-profile match, I'm, I might have to find a way to Greensboro. Um, you know, I never got to go to Starcade as a kid uh, or as a younger adult. And, you know, it seemed, I mean, I think the Rock and Roll Express are, are going to be there as well. I'm, I'm sure they're going to uh, greet greet the crowd in, in some way. Um, I think there are going to be some other names from uh, the, the Jim Crockett era. And, you know, that's what I mean. I mean, you know, WCW had an amazing history and an, an incredible, um, incredible roster of talent. And if you go back to when it was Jim Crockett Promotions, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling was just incredible. So I'm sure that WWE is going to pull out all the stops this November when Starcade makes its incredible return back to Greensboro. Now, to you know, real quick, to be fair, they they, they have done this before, where they brought out they brought out a previous uh, event name uh, for the company. I, I think they they did the first one they did with the Great American Bash, and then then they mm-hmm. cut it down to the Bash, and then even even last year they had Clash of Champions. So. Um, do you think that this is becoming more of a trend or do you think they just kind of testing some things out? Because, you know, a fan like me is always on Twitter saying, I wish they can bring back Halloween Havoc or War Games or I wouldn't right. mind a, 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 a Slamboree or a Bash at the Beach. Do you think this is, right. this is a trend or did they just still testing testing the waters here? Well, you know, you, you bring up another great point. I mean, when they brought the Great American Bash back, it was really the name of a pay-per-view. Um, I mean, they did not hearken back to what the Great American Bash originally was, mm-hmm. which was a summer tour of thrilling live events, usually outdoor events, Um you know, Clash of Champions was really just using the name. They, I don't remember them um, making any ties to the original. But with this Starcade event, you know, because Starcade was so tied uh, the first three years to the Carolinas, um, I, this, I'm going to say something right now. I hope that this is so successful that this becomes an annual event in Greensboro. I, I just that that that's what I hope because if you look at Starcades eighty three to let's say ninety one, 
They are incredible events. Uh, Starcade 93 was awesome, which we talk about in Second Nature. Uh, Ric Flair's incredible victory, one of his greatest performances uh, was against Vader at Starcade 93 in Charlotte. And, um, you know, I mean, if you look at, so let's look at that 10-year period. You know, the first 10 years of Starcade was just incredible. And I, I really hope that this event is so successful that, that it does become an annual happening. I'm actually reading the card real quick, and I, you know, you mentioned the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Steamboat is supposed to be there. The Hardy Boys. Oh, yeah. Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, you mentioned Charlotte Flair against uh, Natalia for the Women's Championship. Uh, and that's, I, I believe that's in a cage. SmackDown Women's Championship Steel Cage match, Charlotte Flair against Natalia. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, so, well, that that kind of tells you that when they fight in Hell in a Cell in October, that Natalia should still be retaining, right? They, they're kind of giving it away. Well, you don't know. I mean, you know, listen, that that's happened before where, uh, you know, where titles have changed and then, you know, the match that was advertised either gets changed or now someone else or, or the person who was the champion is now the challenger. So, mm -hmm. you know, that is always one of the cool things I love about WWE is, you know, you, you got to tune in. No, you you know, you're right. Real quick, you know, um, I was in the Garden in July, and they had the U.S. title match with um, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. And, you know, it's very rare to see a title change at a house show, and they actually right. keep, you know, keep it, uh, keep the belt. So I'm, you know, I'm sitting down in the crowd watching a match, and I do something, and I hear a one, two, three, and AJ Styles wins the U.S. title. So I'm thinking like, nah, they probably give it back to KO on, on SmackDown. They don't really, you know, hold those belts that long. But AJ has kept the belt, I think, since. He, I think he might have lost it one time after that. But like you said, anything can happen at a live show. And I think, I think real quick, I think the fact that. Starcade being a live show, a live house show, can kind of right. give it that old school throwback feeling as opposed to a regular Raw, SmackDown, or, or pay per view. Absolutely, man. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and and uh, I, I I just I can't wait. It's it's going to be awesome. Starcade November twenty fifth in Greensboro. Brian Shields, got to find your way to Greensboro, man. I know, and it's, uh, I, I really have to because, you know, in Second Nature, we talk about Starcade, we honor, you know, and go through the legacy of Rick's career, which, you know, he was, he was the face of so many Starcades. So, you know, now that it's coming back, I, I got to get, I got to find a way down there. So it, it, it's safe to say Ric Flair what Ric Flair meant to Starcade is like what Hulk Hogan meant to WrestleMania in the first nine, right? Absolutely. I, I, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, the, and I mean, just the, the matches that he had, the, the, the list of opponents that, that he had during that time was just, I mean, it was unbelievable. 
Jets. And now you're making me, as a fan, you know, sometime this week, go to go to, go to, to the network, find Starcade, find all the Ric Flair matches, and just watch them all one by one by one. It's a must, dude. You have to. <laughs> You have to see the Ric Flair matches from Starcade. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, Brian Shields, New York Times best-selling author, latest release, Second Nature, The Legacy of Ric Flair and the Rise of Charlotte Flair. Also got 30 Years of WrestleMania, the Encyclopedia. Go ahead and check it out. He's on Twitter and Instagram at It's Brian Shields. My man Brian, always a pleasure having you on, man. I can't thank you enough for always supporting me, always having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. All right.